Welcome to Fooling Around, the podcast that connects casual sex talk with academia, discussing and analyzing issues surrounding sex, relationships, and so much more. I'm Cassie Chapman, your host. I'm an undergrad college student studying psychology and also interested in sexology, and I found that during my own exploration into other sex-centered podcasts, a lot of them explored sex with an older perspective or without discussing the science behind it. I'm going to bridge that gap and fooling around bring my own knowledge, research, and experiences to the sex of this generation. Hello. So, as you may have heard in that intro, my name is Cassidy Chapman. I am re-recording this after I recorded this whole thing, and the microphone was not connected to the audio. It's fine, though. I am happy to re-record and make this thing as perfect as I can. Um, so... This is my podcast. This is the first episode ever, and I wanted to start by introducing myself a little bit. Um, You heard a little bit about me in that intro, but I want to dive a little deeper into who I am before I jump right into the specific topic of the day. So currently, I am a college student. I'm majoring in psychology, but I have an interest in sexology as well, which is not a major at my school. Um, And the funny thing is that I actually didn't realize I was interested in psychology until very late in high school. I was planning on majoring in political science, actually, and I I decided that in, you know, 2017, 2018, when there was a lot of turmoil in politics in America, and I was very passionate, and I still am very passionate, but I wasn't intrigued. I wasn't using my free time to explore that interest, which made me realize that maybe I wasn't as passionate about that subject as I should be. And I probably couldn't base my entire career off of it and be happy. What I realized when I was soul-searching to figure out what I wanted to do with my life was that I am very interested in how the mind works on an individual level and on a societal level. And also, I really like listening to people and I like giving advice and sort of helping people. Um, so that's when I decided that I wanted to major in psychology and be a therapist. And on top of that, I wanted to specialize in sex and relationships because that is a point of interest for me in psychology. So that was what I plan on going into as my profession. I'm still an undergrad, so I have a bit to go. Um, but that's a little bit more about me. I enjoy things like Twilight and stand-up comedy and the 70s as an aesthetic and room decor. Um, <laughs> well, I thought it would just be nice to know a little bit about me before I just started speaking without introducing myself a little bit to whoever is listening so that we know each other. Now we're friends. And on the topic of making it more casual, if you are just an audio listener, then you don't see this, but I also put this on YouTube and I'm filming this on my computer camera so that people can have a visual um while they're listening to me because what I've found is that I really enjoy podcasts I have a visual aspect to them because it's just something to capture my attention and I like seeing the person that's speaking because it's it's just interesting um and I'm a college student so I'm just doing it on the photo booth on my MacBook because I don't have the money or the time or the ability to make a whole camera set up. So it's, it's just more casual. It's like we're FaceTiming or something. It's like you're talking to a friend and it's it's easier for me. So I just wanted to make that available to those who wanted it. And if you don't want it, you don't have to watch. But for those who are not watching, if you wanted a little visual, 
I currently have some ginger spice colored hair, pretty short, like a Ramona Flowers-esque haircut. Got some big headphones on and a microphone in front of me, and a cardigan as the backdrop for this. So that is what you're missing out on. So to get into the reason I wanted to do this podcast and what made me decide this is something that I wanted to do with my life, I wanted to create something that was both informational and, you know, a way that I could voice my opinion while also being able to talk about academia when it comes to sex. I think there are a lot of podcasts out there that cover the topic of sex really well, the psychology and the science behind it, but don't really talk about it in a casual manner. And I think there are a lot of people out there who want to learn about sex, the science behind it, and be able to discuss it openly. So I kind of want to intermingle all the data and studies, in my own opinion, to try to create an open avenue for that talk so that we can become more well-rounded when it comes to talking about this stuff. I almost forgot... I wanted to talk about very quickly how I'm going to structure this podcast from here on out. I wanted to do like a tier system. Start with the general topics like porn, masturbation, anal sex, whatever. Very, very general things that everybody knows a little bit about. But maybe you want to learn more and you want base knowledge. That's what I want to do. I want to start big and then get more specific, more specific with each episode and each topic. So that's that. And to get into today's topic, we're going to be talking about porn. So this episode is about porn in general, specifically sexually explicit internet material. So let's start off with like, what is porn? Because we all know what porn is, maybe we don't, but what is the definition of porn? From Merriam-Webster Dictionary, Porn is a depiction of erotic behavior, as in pictures or writing. I'm going to really be talking about video, which is what we know today, really, as porn, intended to cause sexual excitement. In this case, I'm going to mainly be talking about SEIM, which is sexually explicit internet material. And there were some questions I wanted to answer. The overall question is, what are the effects of our exposure to porn? How does this affect our body image? How does this affect our personal ideas about sex? Or personal ideas altogether? Should porn have more regulation? So humans are funny. We're interesting. We have so many little quirks that are quite funny nowadays compared to our ancestors. We are very different. We live very different, but we still have traits that derive from the behavior of our ancestors. From an, I read from an article in Psychology Today that basically the reason that humans look at porn is a leftover trait from our ancestors. We learn to become aroused at the sound of sex and then we're attracted to that area because obviously we want to procreate and it's the same now except for the fact that we aren't having sex in the open and we're not allowed to just walk up and say, may I join? Usually. So it's a normal thing, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. And in my case, I, you know, since I have been very young, porn has been extremely accessible as somebody, you know, in Gen Z. It was all over social media, like Twitter, Instagram. I don't know if you guys remember iFunny. 
iFunny was an app that basically, from my understanding, distributed memes daily, like a daily pick of memes, and then you could just scroll through an endless amount of memes. And I remember the first time that I saw porn was by accident I on iFunny. And I was like, whoa, what is this? But then it, it continued happening on social media because it's so easy to stumble across. I had a lot of incidents where I saw it accidentally and just over time became desensitized to it because it was always being posted. It became nothing, really. There was nothing crazy or special about it. It was just a normal thing that I saw and didn't think much of. And I feel like this is a shared experience. I might be wrong, but I've talked to other people about this and they agreed that it was very easy to access if you were seeking it out or you stumbled across it and then you just became desensitized to it as a person who had always had access to the internet. And I think this is much different from our parents or grandparents or whoever who really only had magazines or pictures and if they were lucky they found a movie that they could share with all their friends and that they all watched and that was the craziest thing. We've, As Gen Z we have always had access to any and all porn at our fingertips. So talking about that constant exposure and desensitization, I hope that's a word, I wanted to venture into the first question. How does porn affect our personal ideas about sex? In the 2017 study, Porn, Sex versus Real Sex, How Sexually Explicit Material Shapes Our Understanding of Sexual Anatomy, anatomy, psychology, and behavior, Cassandra Hess and Corey L. Pedersen seek to understand how sexually explicit internet material shapes our understanding of sexual behavior, along with our understanding of sexual anatomy, physiology, hypothesizing that increased exposure to sexually explicit material would contribute to inaccurate knowledge of sexual anatomy, and that as they saw in other similar literature, that more positive self-perceived effects of sexually explicit material consumption would be seen than negative effects. So they hypothesized basically that people would note more positive effects from their sexually explicit material consumption, their porn consumption, than negative effects from it. Because because that has been seen in other literature. So to get this data, they set up a survey through Facebook and Twitter, and the survey had 337 participants from a Canadian university noted that 259 of them identified as women. And with that, they received course credit in exchange for their time. So that was incentive. Um, And the mean age of the participants was 23 years old. So a majority of these people being surveyed identify as women, 23 years old, and have some sort of undergraduate study experience. So using a modified version of the pornography consumption questionnaire and the falsification anatomy questionnaire, the questions included things like, most women entirely remove their pubic hair, or men usually last a long time while having sex. And the participants could answer those questions from a scale of one to four, one being that they strongly disagree, four being that they strongly agree. So basically, they just asked a bunch of questions involving sex, anatomy, sexual behavior, and... They could say whether they agree, disagree, and then they would see if the participant, based on their porn consumption or level of porn consumption, was more correct overall or incorrect. So what they found was actually pretty interesting. Contrary to expectations, the frequency of sexually explicit material exposure 
did not contribute to inaccurate knowledge of sexual anatomy, physiology, and behavior. Rather, the opposite relation was found. So, higher frequency of porn consumption actually contributed to more correct knowledge of things like sexual anatomy. But aligning with other literature, as I said when they hypothesized, participants reported greater self-perceived effects from their porn consumption than negative effects. So basically what they concluded was that the participants who self-reported more frequent use of porn were found to have more positive correlations, such as better understanding of sexual behavior, um, more positive perceptions of sex sex and their sexuality, and noted greater satisfaction with their sex lives and a greater satisfaction overall with their lives. And I found this study really interesting because in my research and in my life, I think there's been a lot of taboo around porn, the negative effects of it, how it's embarrassing, but it seems that when you really look at it, just look at the facts, porn consumption actually can help with our own sexual understanding and increase our life quality. While this study did mention that participants were found to agree that porn does create false expectations of sex, I think that it's important to mention and understand as somebody who consumes porn that it is the same way it's created in the same way that TV shows or movies are created, which is for entertainment. Things are exaggerated for our entertainment and it's not meant to depict real life. I think that's important to mention and to accept when it comes to your own consumption of porn. And I I think that unrealistic expectations of sex from porn are just as common as probably unrealistic expectations of our bodies from models or media. It's the same thing. It's all for entertainment. It's all to sell things. It's the same thing. But it is important to note that I think you have to have a certain level of understanding, understanding media, understanding the way that the porn industry works when you're consuming it to not create those false expectations for yourself and know that it's just for entertainment. And in the same way, the actors and the bodies in it are exaggerated or taken from a certain angle or work really hard on themselves to look a certain way, plastic surgery or working out, whatever because their bodies are the main focus. And on the topic of bodies, I wanted to move into the next question of how does porn affect our body image? In a study by the International Journal of Sexual Health by Stephen Craney, they wondered if porn consumption was related to negative body image because there's been a lot of literature hypothesizing that increased frequency of porn consumption would relate to a more negative, self-perceived body image. This study was carried out using a large sample of Dutch respondents, um, basically through a survey, like the last one, and they found out that penis size dissatisfaction is associated with pornography use, while the relationship between pornography use and breast size dissatisfaction is null. So basically what that means is that They found little to no evidence, the relationship was null, to support the hypothesis that breast size satisfaction and porn consumption were related. But this study is also skewed a little bit because a majority of these women didn't even report watching porn, so the results may have not been statistically significant. But in men, 
they found a distinct relationship between pornography use and penis size dissatisfaction. Specifically, finding it significantly more surveyed men felt that their penises were too small. They attributed this difference between men and women to women's exposure to breasts just being more common on a daily basis than men's exposure to other men's erect penises. And I think that that is an interesting hypothesis. Um, They were basically saying that they think that this might be because women are exposed to a more diverse range of breasts more common, more commonly than men are exposed to a range of erect penises. So when they see the penises that are chosen to be um, portrayed in porn, they feel a sense of dissatisfaction. And I think for this study, it's an interesting hypothesis. Um, it's a little hard to base much off of it just because of a majority of the women who were surveyed didn't even report watching porn. So it's hard to take anything away from the breast having side of it. While the penis having side is a little more interesting, and I think we can, you know, take that with a little less salt, a little less grains of salt than the other side. And I can completely understand how that can affect our self-perception. If you're constantly watching and consuming media of bodies that you may feel a sense of jealousy towards, you can feel dissatisfaction in yourself. It's the same thing as when we overconsume media and TV shows and magazines and social media that show unrealistic, photoshopped bodies. We can feel a sense of jealousy, envy, and dissatisfaction. And I think that that's one thing that we need to address in porn is the fact that it's media. And while it's real people having sex or doing whatever, it is still media made for entertainment. We know that, you know, influencers, celebrities on social media and on TV shows are photoshopped, are edited. We know that singers are have auto-tuned, but we don't feel that much jealousy that you can't sing like Adele or that you don't look like Kylie Jenner. And it's the same thing with porn. You have to think about it as a form of consumption instead of watching real, real sex, you know? So I think that that's just something that a viewer of porn has to take into consideration so that they don't take away from that consumption that their body is not good enough. Our own experiences and problems that we face um, change our perceptions and take away from things like porn. We have to take that into consideration as well. So it's all about the individual level. It's about examining your own thought process and your own experiences to understand how you perceive and what you take away from watching porn and how you can change that so that you can both examine how you are watching porn, why you were watching porn, what positives can you take away from that, what negatives can you take away from that. I read an article in Psychology Today that basically said that that you can have different takeaways from porn. Um, Some people have a feeling of confidence, actually, after seeing similarities between themselves and the performers, while others may feel a sense of envy. It's how you feel about yourself and your body and how comfortable, how accepting you are 
alters what you will take away from that. And I think that you could say that about any other form of media. It is meant for entertainment. It's meant to make you sexually aroused. Sometimes things have to be altered post-production or angles have to be changed so that it becomes more entertaining entertaining and it's more flattering it doesn't show the nitty gritties of sex that we all know is not the same as porn so i think that we just have to take it as any sort of media you need to think about your own thought process and your own experiences and your own acceptance of your body to understand what you are taking away from porn and how you can change that and how you can change what you are consuming if you're consuming a specific category a specific person a specific performer, then you may need to change that. Change things around so that you are getting the most positive effects out of your own consumption. So for the final question, I wanted to explore, should porn be regulated? In an article by the Washington Post, Matthew Schmitz argues that we should ban pornography due to the misogynistic stereotypes in situations that some slash most porn depicts. And while I can understand that, I think that there are a lot of sexist depictions in a lot of mainstream porn. I don't know if a ban is necessary or regulation because it's so hard to regulate it. I think that there just needs to be a reevaluation of how we view porn and how we create porn and how we consume it. I think we need to look at porn and our consumption of porn the same way in which we think about our clothing or our food. We look at where it comes from, who's making it, and how what we're going to consume is going to affect us. I think that if you are a porn consumer, you can look into the creators or the studios that you get your porn from. You know, what are accusations that they have? Do they have accusations? Who is this person? And think, is this something that I want to consume, give my money to, give my brain to? I think that we need to reflect on the porn that we watch. If we're always watching a specific category of porn or certain situations, we can think about how certain situations in porn can create certain associations in your brain. And if that is okay, if you want to have those associations, who are we watching? What did they look like? What are the situations depicting. Is this something that is going to be a problem in the future? Is this something that was caused by an earlier issue or trauma that I need to address because it's creeping into my sex life? It's constant reflection on the media that you consume and porn is no different. I think that we can work towards more inclusivity in porn, like supporting smaller creators are more diverse, more diverse bodies, just broadening your own understanding of the human body. Instead of constantly consuming the same body type, the same unrealistic standards in porn that we're constantly seeing in mainstream media, you can instead decide to consume more diverse bodies, more diverse people, and understand that we're all humans who have sex and so that you are more comfortable when it comes to your own sex life and feeling like we all have bodies and they all look different ways and that's totally okay. And I think while that's on the person to actively decide they're going to consume different porn, I think it's on companies too to 
go against these stereotypes and create a more inclusive porn world. Maybe deciding to go against the stereotypes, go against the common racist or misogynistic depictions that occur in porn and instead saying, no, I'm not going to continue to perpetuate stereotypes. We're going to work as a company to eradicate these stereotypes in the porn world so that everybody can feel comfortable consuming porn without continuing these negative stereotypes and these unrealistic standards. So that was basically all I had for today. I'm sorry if it was kind of a lot. There's so much more I could talk about, but I really wanted to start broad, just get the conversation going because this is a very complex topic in today's world. We're constantly consuming it while constantly debating the ethicality of it. It affects everyone differently. I think it it needs to be a personal choice to decide if you're going to reflect on how we consume porn. I think it needs to be a personal choice to decide if you're going to reflect on how you consume porn and what are the positive and negatives of that consumption. Those are basically my ending thoughts. Please let me know what you think. Of course, I want to add this disclaimer. While I talked about studies and information that I found, my own opinions are intermingled into this and that's going to constantly be a thing. My my experiences and my identity will affect how I view certain sexual issues and that's with everybody. Everybody's identity alters the way that they think and see things and that's no different for me on this podcast. So I just wanted to add that in. You never have to agree with me. I'm just here to talk about my opinion and talk about some studies and talk to you. So please disagree with me if you want. Totally okay. That was basically it for this week's episode of the Foolin' Around podcast. I wanted to add that if you would like to tweet at me, you can tweet at me at Foolin' Around Pod on Twitter, and I will definitely be looking at that, replying, tweet at me questions, topics. I'm so happy and open to hear anything at all. Um, And then if you want to email me any questions, concerns, anything you want about the podcast, it's foolingaroundpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me or email me or don't. Do whatever you like. I kind of want to end with a little fun fact because I think that might be fun to do. I don't know if I'll keep doing it, but I think I might as well try it for this first episode and see what you think. I'm going to move the microphone away a little bit just because my computer is purring. So I'm going to move it away a little bit. It's blowing like a wind turbine. Um, So the fun fact for today is that did you know that you're actually more likely to have an orgasm with socks on than without socks? Just saying. So um, (laughs) that was the fun fact. Um, And thank you so much for listening. I hope that somebody likes this. I'm going to keep doing it because it helps me understand my own understanding and process my thoughts. Thank you for listening. I'm Cassie Chapman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fooling Around. Follow me on Twitter. Tweet at me for updates and whatever else. And email me if you have something to say. I will see you next time with a brand new episode of Fooling Around. And that's basically it. Bye.